Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Recorded live. For compassion and for treatment and alternative approaches. Uh-oh. We don't hear much bumping and calling uh, for war. Um, and I think it has a lot to do with the race and ethnicity um, of those who are suffering at the time. And, and uh, you know, early 1990s, uh, urban black communities were suffering from economic collapse. A literal depression was affecting those communities. Um, you know, the Unemployment rates had quadrupled yes. in many urban areas. Um, you know, neighborhoods that were solidly working class, you know, were suddenly turning into ghettos no. uh, practically <laughs> overnight. Oh, you know, at that moment, well, the nation had a choice. We could have responded with bailout packages, economic stimulus plans. We could have invested in those schools so that the young folks trapped in racially segregated communities might have some hope of making a rough transition from an industrial economy where they relied on factory jobs uh, to a service-based economy where they needed actually college education, even to All right, I think I do have somebody on the line, so just work with me, and I am getting everything together. You're not missing anything. We are just allowing people time to uh, join in the meeting and getting set up, so just bear with me. I'm trying to get the technology thing. Well, the platform is new, and then I think I'm supposed to be able to Yeah, I don't have to call in. Well, uh, Ron's got to talk to me. Oh, already. I'm still learning. I'm still learning. Ah, there it is. Okay. Okay, so everybody on the call. I unmuted you, so that way um, you're feel free to, you know, have general discussions. Again, if you put the phone call on mute, that is fine. We won't actually get started until 1.30. And I'm trying to figure out something online. <laughs> just bear with me. Um, yep, just bear with me. But we won't start until 1.30, so y'all are fine. You can put the phone on mute and just relax.
Is everybody doing okay today? Do we have a good day so far? Yes, doing great, doing great. How are you doing? I mean, look, I have, I have been trying to keep myself calm all night. But I'm like too excited. Great, that's powerful. I think I need to Got it, so we all have figured it out. They said that I could do it, um, the phone thing on here online, so that way I don't have to call it on my phone. That way, I want everybody to be able to hear everybody's conversation and discussion. So, I think. Hello, Leslie. Hello, Leslie. Yeah, this is what I am, and um, what it is in here. Um, it's a hello. I know it's a hello everybody, but I don't know everybody. So I just want to make sure we get to know everybody. That's important. I don't know. <laughs> Do you want to call in real quick and see what they hear?
The PIN number, the 145239. Oh, the PIN is that number, the 912 number. My cell phone number, that's how they make me uh, start it up. Well, I think that's this other one. So I got to switch back to this one. Because that last time when I did it, Hello, callers. Um, I think I unmuted everyone. I just need to know who is on the line so I can make sure your line is uh, working okay. Um, it's Marsha Perry from Raise You Up Ministries. Hello, Marsha. How are you? Good. How's it going? Okay. So are you only on um, the call or are you online as well? I'm just on, on the call. I'm not online. Okay, okay, so that's what we're trying to, to work through. Have you been able to hear me ramble on about nothing? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I hear you perfectly. Okay, good, okay, good. So we have one call. She said that she can hear pretty well, so that's fine. And I guess, huh? Let's go back to where? Is that a regular one? Okay, so as we're still working out um, the last bit of odds and ends, again, like I said, we're not going to actually get started to 1.30. Um, everybody just here just refreshing and just, you know, chilling until we get started. So once I get ready to get started, I'm going to check with you to make sure you hear me, and then we'll get the ball rolling, okay? Okay, great. Uh-oh. Oh, hey, Robert, that's you. Hey, Robert. No, this is Larky Sampson with Classified Music Group. Oh, hello, hello. Sorry, sorry. Sounded like Robert. Okay, okay. All right, and no you problem, are no just problem. on your phone, right? Yeah, at the moment I am, but I'm headed to my computer at the um in the process of heading to my computer, so I should be on the internet maybe ten minutes. Okay, that's fine. Like I said, we're not gonna get started till about one thirty and I have it okay, up great. so that way in the chat you will be able just in case I don't hear you and you're online, if you submit in the chat, that way the group can actually see it, and I'll try to make sure that I give you um, time to speak if somebody wanted to chime in or ask a question. But generally, if you use the chat message box, I'll know um, that you have a question, and I can address it quicker. Okay, great. Okay, so I'm just going to put the phone down. It's on speakerphone, and uh, worry about the people that's in here right now. <laughs> great, great. Take your time. Thanks. All right, Okay. 
that was just the, the issue with them. Okay, 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 okay. Um, so, my good people, just so we don't have dead air, I'm going to put on my motivational music. This will get me going. And again, we're just going to start at 1 30. <laughs>
everybody as motivated as I am today. So, again, as we wait these last little 10 minutes, I came across some information as far as an interview that I really believe that is touches on a lot of the situation and what we are actually trying to accomplish here today. Um, we got to bring our community together and that's all races, all ethnicities, all income levels, everybody, we have to figure out the best way to work together and take down those issues that divide us, whether that's religion, spiritual, democratic parties, all that foolishness on there. We have to work together in order to actually make an effective change. And I really enjoyed this interview. So we'll start with this one. This morning, you wrote a piece in the Nation magazine called Why Hillary Clinton Doesn't Deserve the Black Vote. Are you endorsing Bernie Sanders? Well, I am definitely endorsing the political revolution. Um, I am reluctant to endorse any candidate, um, any Democratic candidate, any candidate in the current political system. I believe that we need to think very seriously, um, particularly as folks of color and progressives, about building either a new party or a new movement that can hold the Democratic Party accountable or provide a meaningful alternative. Um, but I could not be more thrilled um, with the movement that is arising um, all over this country to support the creation of a real democracy in the United States. Um, you know, I think Bernie Sanders is absolutely right to call for a political revolution. Uh, we don't have a real democracy today. Our politicians are, you know, pretending to serve two masters, the people who elect them and then the people who fund them. And unfortunately for millions of people who cast their votes every year, um, they rightfully want whether their politicians are responding more to the people who fund their campaigns, um, including large pharmaceutical companies, big banks, payday lenders, private prison companies, um, than the people who have elected them. And yeah, I understand that you, 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 you talk about the sort of um, democratic problem with, with big money, because one of the, the areas that, that, that you have focused on, criminal justice, um, it strikes me as one of those areas where that's not really the story of what's happened, right? I mean, there are private prison interests, and they've played some role at the margins, but we basically constructed the largest prison state in the world, uh, not because big business wanted it, but because a lot of really pretty ugly politics on the ground level. Yes, but I think the larger story about mass incarceration is really about how um, the interests of poor people and working people of all colors, how people are divided along racial lines in order to advance the interests of a privileged being. And that is really the story um, of American democracy since its building. Now,
legacy uh, in our political system and abandon their black allies. And, you know, after uh, the civil rights movement, we saw similar dynamics emerging again with the backlash against the civil rights movement, creating a political environment where, once again, um, conservatives and, you know, former uh, segregationists were able to use kind of law and order, get tough on them rhetoric uh, in order to uh, defeat kind of the growing calls for poor people campaign and, uh, you know, the evolution of the civil rights movement into a movement for broader economic justice. So if, if the antidote to that is building that kind of multiracial coalition, um, I think one of the, the biggest critiques of Bernie Sanders' shortcomings is the fact that, that he has had a hard time uh, building a multiracial coalition, that his supporters have been overwhelmingly white, that his voting performance has been disproportionately white. I mean, that seems a pretty major obstacle if you want to do that. Well, that is certainly the critique, although, you know, his recent landslide victories in Hawaii and Washington State, states that are, you know, Hawaii, I think, is the most diverse state in the nation. Um, and uh, there have been great gains for Bernie Sanders among voters of color. You know, I think many voters of color had never heard of Bernie Sanders. I had never heard of Bernie Sanders before the presidential election campaign. And, you know, the reality is, is that uh, the Clintons are very well known to black folks in particular. Um, and, you know, one of the reasons why I wrote my piece for the nation is that although, uh, you know, one side of the Clinton story is well known to black folks, the fact that, you know, Bill Clinton was really the first um, president that ever really embraced black people as human beings. You know, I think it's important when people, you know, talk about lots of folks ask me, particularly white folks um, ask me, you know, why do so many black folks support Clinton when he, you know, his policies were so disastrous for the African-American community. And I think many people forget that, you know, we had centuries of slavery <laughs> where no politician was responsive to our humanity at all, followed by Jim Crow segregation. And, you know, although Lyndon B. Johnson and Robert Kennedy and John Kennedy um, were allies in some respects, though not all respects, um, with the civil rights movement and African-American communities, there had never been uh, a president or a presidential candidate who actually treated black folks like they were folk, real people who could be viewed and treated as human beings, um, you know, who weren't a problem to be solved, that didn't treat African-Americans as a problem to be solved, but instead would actually sit down and eat with them and sing in their church and acting like they enjoyed, recognized us as human beings. And that, that's a huge thing. Just as the election of Barack Obama as the first black president is a huge thing for African-Americans in the community, it's no small thing for um, Bill Clinton um, to reach out to African-American communities in the way that he did. And I think many people remember that especially older African-Americans remember that, what they don't know, what they often don't know or don't remember, and it's actually one of the reasons why I wrote my book, The New Jim Crow in the first place, is that many people of color don't know or fully understand um, how this system of mass incarceration was constructed, why, and the devastating consequences for our communities. And the Clintons, um, you know, had, a, you know, important role. They escalated the drug war 
um, and the Get Tough movement far beyond what the Republicans had done, while at the same time dismantling the federal social safety net and transferring billions of dollars away from child welfare and housing into a prison building boom unlike anything the world had ever seen. And I think it's difficult and painful for many black folks um, to face that reality. We'd rather not believe it. And, uh, you know, we, we would like to imagine that, you know, the, the politicians um, who were willing to sit with us in church and to be our friends um, actually might have done vastly more harm than the Let me ask you about this sort of crime record, because I think that's been a focal point of a lot of the critique, particularly along racial justice lines. And there's sort of two prongs to this. One is the degree to which Hillary Clinton or things that her husband uh, signed the law. The other is that, you know, if you go back and look at Democrats, black, white, northern, southern, of that period, they're all talking like, I mean, here's Marion Barrett in 1988 telling that he wants, telling a television interviewer that he wants uh, murderous killers to be hunted down like mad dogs. Mm-hmm. That was the, 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 the rhetoric around crime at that period in the late 80s, early 90s. Hillary Clinton. Bill Clinton, Marion Barry, Mayor of Atlanta, Mayor of New York, it's all pretty shocking to the ears of someone in 2016. Yeah, but I think if you look closely at the records of many, most of the black politicians and activists during that period, including Marion Barry, they weren't just saying get tough. They were also demanding investment in our schools. They were demanding economic investment. They were demanding jobs, job training, the rebuilding of communities that had been devastated by the disappearance of work due to deindustrialization and globalization. These folks weren't saying, just come in and lock everybody up and then give us police and jails and nothing else. No, they were at that moment in time, that historical moment in time, there was a real crisis, just like there's a real crisis right now, for example, in Chicago, right? And there's probably many people in Chicago who are living in neighborhoods that are plagued by violent crime that might well say, we need more police. We need to get some of these folks off the street, right? But that's not all they want. Right. That's not all they want. They also want their kids to have a future. They want good schools. They want investment to repair the harm that's been done. They want health care. They want drug treatment on demand for those who are suffering with drug addiction. And what we've seen in, you know, recent months and in the past couple of years is that now that drug use has become or perceived as a white problem, there's this wave of compassion and concern. No one's calling for a war. No one's calling for mandatory minimum sentences for, you know, heroin and for people who are committing these kinds of offenses, but kinds of horrible, grotesque caricatures that were done of, you know, people who were struggling with crack addiction. Um, we don't see that in the media around, you know, the many, many white folks who are... All right. And keeping with everybody's time and trying to stay on task, um, if anybody's interested in that, that really caught me when I saw it. I can email it and you can finish out the rest of it. I just thought that was something um, that'll help us put it in the mindset of where this community success pro, uh, proposal is actually coming from. Can everybody hear me online? I mean, Hello. Okay. Just want to make sure. Can everybody hear me? Because we're going to go ahead Hello? and uh, get started. Yeah. Right here. Yes. We can hear you. 
Awesome. Okay. All right. So, um, first thing first, I've known some faces that I don't really know. So, we'll go give a brief, quick introduction of who we have um, in the room. If you're on the call, just give me a second. I'm going to let y'all introduce yourself briefly, like like 30 seconds, so, something like that. First and go around. Uh, I'll start first. Okay. So, I'm April, Black, Evelyn, whichever one, both of them are me. Um, this was something that, well, this meeting was something that was very necessary, and I'm very excited that everybody came out. Um, I really, really want to focus on what we actually need to bring to our community to make it successful so we can actually have um, empowered individuals coming out after we service the whole community. Do we want to start on what side? Go ahead, Bye. <laughs> Um, yeah, Pasha, I, I happy to be here and support. Uh, thank you. Uh, my name is Azel. Uh, I'm running for president in about 20 years, uh, and I'm glad to support this uh, movement that we have. My name is Chantel. Um, I am a volunteer with April, owner of Salon Sweet Unique Blessing. Hello, everyone. My name is Maxine Ruff, and um, I'm glad to be here and hopefully to be a part of supporting the community. My name is Ron Brown. I uh, have a sports talk show, inspiration show that, uh, called The Huddle, and we are currently setting up a youth uh, youth Foundation for both sports and mentoring to try to make sure that uh, today's youth isn't uh, left behind or forgotten in the simplest stages of just mentoring and and uh, making sure that they're taking the right paths in life. Hello, everyone. Sorry I'm late. Uh, my name is Lisa Lee. My organization is a nonprofit here in Charlotte called Porcelain Dolls of the Carolinas, where we um, actually house residential um, at youth girls and their children that are found themselves in domestic violence or pregnancy, what have you. And we also um, mentor and tutor. Who is Shante? We also mentor and tutor. Um, all ages and all genders, um, from domestic violence to bullying to sex trafficking to transgender. And then we also have a 48-hour um, program where we do um, victim assist, and that program is called Strong Tower, where we go and we get victims off the street for about 48 hours, give them refuge, and also work on finding them a shelter or safe place for them to be able to go. All right, all my folks, I'm going to mute the call. Hopefully, we can have an orderly session of y'all just introducing yourself one at a time. If you hear somebody speak, just let them finish. Brief introductions, please. Oh, y'all, I'll lie back. I'm taking Southern Group. I'm sorry. And I'm also, say about you this moment. Wait a minute, wait a minute. We we were we had some technical difficulties. I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but could you start again to make sure we all hear you? My name is Orlando Tate. 
I am representing OLK Consulting Group, um, focuses on financial literacy and college funding, and director of public relations for Save Our Children's Movement. My name is Louis D. I'm the CEO of Classified Music Group, the number one artist development firm in the Carolinas. And we uh, we have a, a nonprofit organization, the Coach Equality Foundation. Thank you. My name is Rodney McGill, founder of the Save Our Children Movement. And among other things, we're working on building these same collaborations in four different cities. And it's moving along quite well. And I look forward to working with this piece. This is Robert Dawkins. I'm the political director for Safe Coalition NC and state director for Safe Coalition NC. Hi, I'm Marcia Perry. I, um, I'm a volunteer for Raise You Up Ministry. We assist homeless neighbors into transitioning from homelessness into their homes. Is that everybody on the call? No. Uh, good afternoon. My name is Cheryl Comer. I am a co-founder of Citizens of West Gastonia Unite and was invited to uh, this meeting by Rodney McGill, and so I'm delighted to be a part. Awesome. Well, I think we got everybody that's on now. It's wonderful that everybody took the time. Uh-oh, I got a guest that just logged on. Oh, good afternoon. Um, good afternoon. This is good afternoon. I hope I'm not interrupting. This is Tyson from Shop.com, where I offer food, clothes, medications, electronics, toys, and other stuff online, where you can get great savings. Glad to be here. All right. Thank you, Magnetic. Okay, so I think we got everybody. So we have a brief introduction, and then we can at least all agree that we have a pretty diverse group that have some expertise or specialty in certain areas within the community that definitely needs to be addressed. Um, first and foremost, was everybody able to get an email that has the information for the grant writers? Everybody get that? No. Anybody that's online that did not get that email for the documents that the grant writers are requesting? Didn't receive it. Didn't receive it. Okay. So whoever doesn't have it, if you could stay on the call, and that way I can get your email and I can send it out as soon as I get a, a moment to get back to the computer so that way you can have it, um, and then we can go from there. Um, now, as far as the grant writers, they have different programs and different uh, documents for different organizations. So which one would you feel that would be best for yours, the nonprofits, faith-based, businesses, health programs, or education? So that's the information that they're going to be questioning. Okay. Is this the information that's coming in the email? Yes. I just printed it off. And check out. I know I got two words. And you got 
And the idea is to get away from that one. Actually, it'll probably turn into something like a coalition type nonprofit that will build from this, given the grant writers what they told me. So we'll have a whole entity that all the funds will be channeled into this one entity that we all agree on. And that way, from there, everybody involved, the money will be dispersed depending on the information um, that you put in so that we'll know how much money estimated that you would actually need. So when we get the funds, the only thing we have to do is send it out to that program business or whatever so that way they can keep it going. That's where it's going. Um, again, that's the information they gave me, but I'm not going to say anything too concrete until I get this part done so that we move on to the next day because I don't want to give out this information. So that's how we're going one one big entity to channel all this money into and kind of sort of the, um, the community, PayPal community link that was used is basically the start of how that funneling of generalized pool of money will actually go. Because everybody can put money into that community link. I haven't took anything out. I know um, Rodney and um, Orlando gave me cash, so with that I was able to purchase what was needed. So everything else is still in the PayPal account that I'm actually going to bring up so everybody can see how oh. it is looking. I haven't moved anything out of the money. It's sitting right there because that is for the grant writer. Um, and then as we go along, I'll let everything grow organically, but at least somebody can feel comfortable with having a receipt. They know what's being put in. We have a list of emails of who did what, so that way it should minimize conflict is what I'm trying to do. I know it's not going to eradicate it, but it will minimize it. So the question is for you is that the organization that we're putting into the community, is it the community link? Or what, what's the name of that organization? And, and is that organization 501 certified? The, the nonprofit, is they speaking of that we're working with, the organization, or the one that's going to be created out of this? The one that's being created out of this, that's the 20,000, everything is going towards. We want so to I, I understand this is a, it, it's a co, you know, collaboration of different organizations that's feeding into one big sector or unit. Right. So now, that's, that's where I'm at. What is that unit? Mm -hmm. Is that unit probably want to see certified yet, or is that still just the formulation of everything? Formulation, organically grown on there. Now, again, it just took that community pool, just went in there so I can have one centralized location where everybody puts their registration fee, so that way um, the grant writers give whatever the information is, I can just transfer the money to them. That's how easy I just did it. But now, as going forward, that's where the organically growth part comes because, in fact, you have the information we need that actually formulates that way everybody can feel comfortable. So all this is just being organically grown, and we'll figure out the obstacles and eradicate them.
I do, but it's more it's not related to what I'm trying to do. Okay. So that's something we love to do steps. You have to formulate some form of like you did your LLC you have an EIN number. You can have all that. You know, you have to formulate that. You have to make sure that you know what you're doing, you're coming in. That way add that you are an actual business and then once you do that, I mean, I'm not telling you not to sit here, not to be part of this, but, you know, for what you're wanting funding for, that's not quite how it works. You're not going to be able to get grant money to be able to start your, to, to get this rolling. In order to see, um, he knows that, and they mm-hmm. as well. They know that. So they're here for information, um, and there's some other people that's involved as well that are coming in from the very beginning. Okay. And what we talked about doing, April, Ronnie, and myself as well, and those other ones, ones who are coming in are, are already in the stages of helping the community and will continue to help the community through the nonprofit that they are looking to seek to start. They need people around the table like us who've already been yeah. there who can say, help them. Okay. And see, that's, that's what I was trying to understand because that's what I was asking for everyone already as a company or, you know, because that's what I'm saying. That's exactly what I was doing, giving you information on where to get started and, and that. So I just wanted to make sure, you know, what, what we were actually working with and speaking on. that the 
nonprofit don't, but because the nonprofit is a nonprofit, we can apply for grants under that particular person's status or what have you. So that was kind of my, you know, reason for my questions is just finding out kind of where everybody is because basically, again, I'm not sure how they do it in California or wherever they are, but if you are grant writing, like I can't, nonprofits, I can't go to a bank and say, hey, give me a loan. Right. I can't because they want to know, well, where's your residuals? You know, you're a nonprofit. It doesn't work like that. So that's supposed to be the benefit of being a nonprofit. You're supposed to be able to go and write grants. Well, we all know how hard it is to, to get a grant because grants not, if you're waiting on a grant to, to get your nonprofit started, you're not going to make it at all because that's not where the bulk of your money is going to come from. But at the same time, it does benefit all because, again, I may have services that Ms. Shantae don't have or she may have services that I don't have, but we can collaborate together and now we can go get this grant because guess what? We now have this collaboration going on and we're all providing something. So you're definitely going to have to formulate some form of um, – Entity to where once you once we do get this going, you're gonna to have to formulate some form of entity to be able to say you know hey we are blah 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 of Charlotte and blah 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 Charlotte is made up of all these different groups of these different businesses that we all believe in this cause and then here it is. I got another question. Where is this as far as this grant writing and the people out of California where you found them? Where is it in relation? what Mike is doing. They're doing them on Monday from 9.30 to 11.30. You know, and I'm going, to be, I'm going to actually be there. I'm going to be there. Okay. I reached out to these individuals just because we came from an idea. I didn't know how to bring the idea to life, so I had to find people that can help me, you know, figure out what I need to do so that way I'm getting information. That's where they came from. But the idea is why I explained to them that I told them that we have grant writers amongst our group. However, I would just need a little bit of help of bringing everything all together and figuring out how we can actually make it happen. And that's basically what they're going to help us do. But the idea of self-sustaining, we have to be able to maintain it within our group. So, again, I have found other great writers. That's why Lisa, you helped me out. So that way we can figure out, and um, even though we're starting with them, we can push them away and have our own grant writers get that funding within house. And that way we keep it keep it going. That's okay, awesome. I'm, I'm just um, I'm the grant writers, this whole comprehensive thing is These very grant writers we're talking about the ones that are in California. These right here. I just want to start with them to help us get the ideas going. And so they'll give us information without paying that. Well, this is it depends on what we actually serve bring in. I cannot say what they're going to charge until they see what we are bringing to the table and what type of organizations are going to be involved. Mm -hmm. So with that one, um they yeah, need yeah, the that's not how that's like supposed to work. Well, let me hold on. Let me pull it up here. Normally, they will have a... Just, I mean, she has a fee. She has a fee. Right. There's an initial fee for hours on how many hours it would take to put this package together. Let me pull up these. That's what I get right now. And my deal is, why are we paying somebody, especially way out in California, when we got some awesome grant writers right here?
right? Oh, I mean, I, I mean, I know who he is, and I know him. I'm, I'm just saying. I mean, but I, mean, I don't care. But I, I rather personally, I rather have somebody local in case you have to kill him.
we're going to give you funding to bring in X amount of kids to deliver this program or this process to them. It's a total separate grant for somebody that's advocating for kids. That grant money would come with metrics like we're going to turn out X amount of people for meetings. We're going to do petitions. Most of the time, the grants don't mix service-oriented stuff with advocacy stuff because they have two separate sets of metrics. Does that okay, make now, sense to you? It makes perfect sense. And I did also this week I spoke with some housing individuals that I know actually see probably Delta People's Power Assembly, and they're mm-hmm. actually working on um, figuring out developing a coalition or organization to attack what. And our last conversation was that we actually need more advocacy. So maybe if in each category we can figure out whether or not this needs to be service or advocacy, and then bringing in those people, like I said, it's all housing people. Housing can be advocacy because that's going to be like we have to. Right, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. So it might have to be two grants, and hopefully when they get everything, they will look at it and say this will be the service side, this will be the advocacy side. I was just bringing that point up. But, yeah, if if they know that going in, that they're going to have to write two separate streams, that should be fine, and then you just still will need one major C3 to be the fiduciary agent that can pass the money through. The problem that you get, and I think the lady there also brought it up, for a grant this big, it's going to have to be a fiduciary agent that's handled that type of money before. So, I mean, if this came up to a million dollars, it would have to be a fiduciary agent that it managed a million dollars because they won't give you that much outside of the level of money you received and shown a history of being able to manage. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do we have any ideas on some type of fiduciary agent we need to go from there? Well, I mean, yeah. What he's saying is that, like I said, if if you're if we're going to do this pitch, if the coalition itself is going to be the fiduciary, so that's going to mean you know you're going to have to still have your board. You're going to have to be able to. Have everyone, everything that you want to do is going to have to become a 501 You're going to have board members. You're going to have to be able to say, okay, hey, um, this group gave this. This is how this money is going to be dispersed out to these different ones. It's exactly what he's saying. So we're kind of on the same page there. Because you're not going to be able to just go and say, you know, hey, grant writer, writer's grant. And, okay, well, who's getting what? How are y'all determining that? So you're going to have to have bylaws. You're going to have to everything to show how that money is going to get dispersed out. Like United Way, right? I mean, well, United Way and Carolina Foundation. Like all of them, yeah. Like, but, I mean, like, you just build that one big thing and they disperse. And money then they disperse monies out. Exactly. I like, I like actually how that was going on. So I guess we can mimic something from Carolina from Yeah, so like in the past, like we get grants usually in the 100000 I think the largest we've ever gotten was like a quarter mil uh, in, to work on. But I just wanted to mention that because if it's like a million-dollar grant, they would say, action and see, you've never managed a million-dollar grant. You're going to have to find somebody that has and work in partnership with a proven record that they can manage this money coming in. Does Does that make sense? Yeah, now that makes sense. Oh, Sasha had a question. So, so Roz, I mean, uh, I think you, I think you just answered it 
the questions I was going to ask you, one of them, but the first part is, is separate, saying that it, in the, our level of preparedness, I think uh, April was mentioning earlier, which is why we have these worksheets, uh, the ones that the, for the checklist of information, if we come with the information highly prepared already, that would greatly reduce those initial grant writer fees, one. Yes. Okay. And two, um, if I understand this correctly, like, I was thinking that you could have, when you, like, I'm familiar with writing proposals, not really grants, but, you know, I, like, I look for similarities. So in writing a grant, couldn't you say that these, whichever one we choose to go to, whether it's uh, advocacy or service, that the other one is going to be a service of the, the other organization, like maybe like, you know, like, um, yes, you have yes. marketing campaigns to fund for the yes. project. So you're going to need a budget for this marketing, which then could be distributed properly through the beneficiary agent, correct? Yes. So you could have uh, one set of people listed out. These are the people that are going to provide services, and we're going to need $200,000 for the service component. And we're going to need, these are the people that's going to work on the advocacy part, closely together with the service people. And we're going to need 100000 for that, two line items. And then an overall budget for the overall project for everybody. But And then the okay. last piece is having a fiduciary that's had the track record of managing that level of money with success. And we got it. We're good then. I'm with you on that, Rob. Um, and and follow up with that, eliminate the question that Lisa, correct? Yeah. Lisa posed of uh, the separation or the current state of business for profit slash non profit because then would that allow the the ones that are just for profit, not non profit, to then be in that pool where they're gonna handle certain services and be listed that way? Is that how that right. Yeah, well uh, you really don't have to list the people uh, as part of the grant that are for profit, and you know somebody can correct me if I'm wrong, they wouldn't take part in the grant. They would get signed money out of the grant as a vendor. So in other words, like when we do get out the vote, we need to go to a for profit place to uh, make our signs and make all of that. So we don't, they don't get listed in the grant per se. They come out as a vendor service. We paid six thousand dollars. I'm just using a number to have signs printed, all of that. So they're still a they're still a for profit. They're not part of the grant, but they receive the money through vendor fees. Does that make but, sense? Yeah, to answer to answer your question, yeah. To where if you if we decide like for my, my, my organization, I can go both ways as he was stating, because out of my out of my service side for our grant, my advocacy can also benefit from that because it's a program. My advocacy portion of my program is part of my entire program. So yeah, it can. But at the same time, when a grant writer is going to seek out grants, then she can seek out grants for me to say, okay, I deal with domestic violence, I deal with homelessness, I deal with education. So she can go and start looking for grants for me, for the service side, that deal with those particular um, specs. But then if mm -hmm. I decide that she says, you know what, she also does advocacy, then she can go over to the advocacy side and say, okay, these are the grants that's out there that's doing advocacy to where I can benefit from either side of it. Awesome. And so and that's what he's saying. But yeah. what happens with that is filling these out is great because in that way the, the grant writer will be able to know, you know, what's our strongest pool. What well, what are we really looking for? And what he's saying is definitely we'll, we'll be able to have money pulling from both 
both streams. Yep. So, so and so and also making sure exactly what she's so. what she's probably exactly. done too is reflecting also what's called uh uh you know general fund money. And it doesn't have to be the strongest part. It can be for the two campaigns. But the general fund money you'd be able to use because sometimes the grants, which always will make tick us off, they really specify in each one of those categories what the money could be used for. So make sure when the grant writer's writing it that they that they put in as much money that can be used for general fund because it sometimes gets down to I've got $3,000 sitting in an account, but I need to use the money to pay uh, maybe for vendors or for office supplies like a computer, but I can't use that money because it's called grant restricted. So on the campaign side, the money is going to be grant restricted. And uh, you know, then there's another one that's called general funds, which you can use for whatever you want. Operating costs. Yeah, operating okay, so I think So Rob and Lisa uh, and the rest of the people in attendance, I think what we want to do first, as I mentioned to April, uh, just now is that we want to have the we want to have everybody sit down and decide based on their their service skill and tangible talent are they want to are they best as part of the grant itself which then the nonprofit uh, requirements come in or do they want to be a supporting business slash service mm -hmm. yep. conglomerate contracted with the conglomerate I guess in some fashion off off scene of the grant yep yep that's it seems to me the best way to do it. Because even, even even however you do it, you're still going to have to be able to have in your policies, in your bylaws, how this money is dispersed. Yeah, like that's I mean, going to be that's going to be crucial because, and that's that's one of the things that, um, as he was stating, you know, when people when you when you get donors and they're going to start looking, they want to know how their money is going to be spent. So that's the first thing that they're going to look for is to make sure that you do have some kind of way, like, you know, as he was saying, you know, either as we go along, you know, if, if we don't link up with another fiduciary and we are that one, then we'll start getting smaller grants. And then they'll start looking at our track record of how we're dispersing. And then once they feel comfortable that, okay, they can handle this large amount of money, then, okay, we can go for the bigger ones or for, you know, the government grants in that, in that case. But at the same time, you're still going to be looking very closely as to, okay, how much are we dispersing out and how much are we really impacting the community with the funds and the services that we said we're providing. Yep, and, 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 and be prepared to be frustrated some because this is frustrating. Like uh, I was giving the example, it's to, it hits home for us right now at the end of the year. We got probably close to $10,000 in our account still left over from like campaigns but we're worried can we pay each other a salary because we can't use it for salary so i got dead money sitting there that's campaign restricted and we're going into christmas now and me gene all of us are like man i hope something comes through so we can get a check but at the same time you look at the bank account and there's ten thousand dollars sitting there but i can't touch it to pay salary and and that's one thing too is definitely you know and and that really depends on you know how a person's bylaws are written because if you go in specifically and say you know okay if we get a grant from the mail or if we get a grant from this this is how we're going to use it then that's how you have to use it mm -hmm. so and, and that's how I actually started out but I went back and I changed that thing to where I now have it to where. 80% of my monies 
that's given to me goes toward my program. The other 20% goes towards my operating costs. And then, therefore, there's no way to say, okay, whether it's a grant, whether it's a donation, fundraiser, whatever, the only thing that I have specified out separate is scholarships. If you give me $1,500 towards my scholarship, then I have to put that $1,500 towards scholarship. But anything else, if 80% goes here, 20% is going there. And that's spelled out legal up front. Therefore, there's no argument, no question about where my money is. A great opportunity with that is, is also uh, what you're saying as far as fiduciary uh, credit, mm-hmm. not credit like financial, but just whatever it was, reputation, whatever word you want to put there. Um, the way we're designing this with the components, for those who remember that conversation we had, when we pull the smaller ones from, you know, that would help maybe over time build the fiduciary credit of the agent that we're creating for this within in-house. Because we can actually, once it's done, we'll be able to, okay. So it's basically for those that are that are thinking this is not going to be a, a get-rich-quick. It's not going to happen like that. What this is really to do is to lay the foundation to let Charlotte know, hey, these services are out here. We stick together. We're, we're, we're promoting each other. We're out here because you've got so many nonprofits out there right now that, are doing not doing what they say they're supposed to do, and then the community is suffering for that. So this is a situation to be able to pull pull everything together. You know, my my motto is the money's gonna come as long as you know we're actually being able to put on more things like this or do you know be able to help something or someone in the community. Then you know it's going it's going to get bigger later. One thing, just the idea, I'm still, I've been playing around with it as far as when it comes to nonprofit accountability because there is no entity that actually goes behind and checks these organizations to make sure they're actually doing stuff in the community. So maybe that could also be something. Which one? Other than the IRS? You've got State Department that goes to explain to you over the phone. Mm-hmm. As long as if you are a nonprofit here in Charlotte, in order for anything else, you have to have a solicitation license. No, 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 no. That's not what I mean. But I'm saying there's secretary, secretary of state. There are organizations that are going behind. Not what I mean. Not what I mean. Okay. Part with the nonprofit accountability. I'm saying that we have organizations that we know that are claiming to do this, this, that, and the third. However, we don't them in the community because isn't that an issue that comes along with collaboration? Everybody wants to see receipts on what you're doing this, that, and third. That's the part that I'm sitting over talking about. Oh, how do we actually make sure? I know we're going to make sure that we're going to do what we need to But those other people that are coming in, how do we make those sure? Are, those are donors. The donors are actually the ones that go back and look at um, nonprofit accountability. And that's what I mean. There's, there's accountability with the money side or with the impact. All of it. I think you're trying to all of it. And exactly. Exactly. Like the, the people that, like, who would go and make sure that the clear, because I know I've made that before, where you have an organization that, you know, they are in legal standing, but then you go to get the services. So and they're not there. Yeah. Nobody, they're not, they're not okay. doing it, but they're collecting the funds. Okay. That's what I'm talking about. How oh, yeah, I think you've got to start off a couple of them, right? <laughs> <laughs> but how can we make sure? Because we got to hold each other accountability. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be for 
Well, your accountability, looking at that, that's going to be your board. That's going to be your board members. Your board members are going to have to hold your organization accountable. I know, like, for mine, when we have our board meetings, I present, this is our statement, this is what we've done, this is who I've helped, whether it was a conversation, whether I gave clothes, your board is what is going to keep you accountable. In April, I think I think that's a bigger issue on the on the service side as opposed to the advocacy side. On our part, it isn't that people aren't doing what they're doing; it's that to get the money, everybody had to do what we call mission drift. Because what we what we know we need to do in the community doesn't line up with what the funders uh, pay for. So, you know. You'll see us bitching about this at the office all the time. We want to go and do X, but the funders want to pay to get 10 black people in a room to tell their story while rich white people eat snacks and say, oh, that's awful. And then we come back and say, well, that's not worthy of what we should be doing with our time. But they're the funder, and that's what hurts us so much on the advocacy side is rich white people come up with what they want to give their money to and when we're black people in the community are saying, this is what we want to do, it doesn't match up with what they want us to do. And we wind up doing the song and dance and getting people in the room to tell a story while white people eat snacks because that's what the grant was for. So we have to also think about that when you start looking at what money you're taking. And it's hard on the advocacy side because there's very few groups funding real work. They like, like I said, storytelling and taking pictures of, of, of poor black people. I can get 100000 a year for that, you know, to try to get 100000 a year to do police accountability work that's real is really hard and it's frustrating because that's the only thing the funders will pay us to do. Okay. Now, within this proposal, I know we're talking about grants, but really that's all I do is to buy y'all and get y'all here to talk money with me. But the idea is that Somehow we got to involve the community in this because we're servicing the community, we work hard for our community, we're out here day in and day out. However, we got to pull this, uh, the community support in, and that's why involving some of the businesses um, could help as well. So, how can we get our community more involved? Not to just come get services, but if you put money in something that's for you, with that, those funds of saying, okay, the advocacy side, we can actually help the people without being put into these um, guidelines and, and restrictions that make us not be able to help. So, yeah, we have the grant side, but we also can have a community involvement side that, you know, we all are in the community somehow. Somehow we can pull it in of generating that community funding so that way we can train people that if you put it into the pool, you'll get something out of it and you know you're helping somebody else. That's similar with the idea of the community pool with the PayPal. Everybody is putting in something. So everybody's going to get something out of it, but it's just a pool of funds just sitting there. But once we come together, figure out what we want to do, then that money right here, even if we don't pay that grant right, the money sitting in PayPal, we can start the pool, and that can be the money that's actually allocated to do whatever we need to do with this community without having to hear, hey, government, say, why are y'all doing this, this, that, and that. So, again, that PayPal thing, that was just a start off. How we see it? It's going to be organically grown, but I know we have to involve the community in there, and I know that we can do more than just give stuff to them. We need to empower them and then compel them to be more involved, and that way they can donate to their own success, too, as well, because 
I don't want us to just just do all this. Some people in the community have to latch onto this and understand how important how much work we are actually doing for them to equip. So how can we get the community involved to donate, to feel comfortable with putting money into a pool of collective individuals that's going to benefit them? Because we have to retrain people because we know the larger organizations, they got a lot of money that's just being tossed around and we don't know what's going on with it. So people are not as quick to want to donate to uh, grassroots organizations, because it's not the big organizations that have the problem. It's the grassroots that are having the problem. So does anybody have any idea or involved in the community, getting them uh, involved with what we do? Well, uh, community's already involved. If you look around at all the nonprofits inside the organization, if you're in an organization and you bring 100 people with you, those people are already participating. So the community's already participating. They're only going to participate on the level where they're connected in. So, for instance, real line go magnetic and, and Louisiana and all those we have events and that, and people that come around us and that. We transfer the information that this is what we got going on. That automatically involves them when we're involved. That's why we're here to represent them. So, the community already involved. I think, too, what, what, what needs to happen is the, the whole conversation that even got me at the table in the first place was the fact that this is a conglomerate of nonprofits coming together to support each other. If we start supporting each other, we start turning out and showing support in everything that everybody's got going on, then that's going to start seeing more people are going to start thinking, hey, hey, they had a big turnout. I want to be part of that. Well, what are they doing? Because the thing about it is if we don't support ourselves in this room, you can't expect the community to support anything.
that's what gets missed a lot. Like, you know, a lot of us on the on the advocacy side, some of us are reformers, while some of us are liberationists. And we sit and we try to figure out where is some common ground because if you're a reformer, your whole mission goes to the left. And if you're a liberationist, your whole movement goes to the right. So people are like, well, they're not working together. Well, the two are the two philosophies and tactics that's employed by the philosophies go in different directions. So the hard part is trying to find where can you get that we can both work on before they diverge and go into the directions of the ideology. Does that make sense? Thanks, Professor Justin, because I was going to ask, I put it up on there, we can figure out those shared goals so that way we can always have a focus point of what is keeping us working together when somebody going to set you when you start talking crazy, because that's what happens Where we at right now is we got a group of people that could be anywhere they wanted to. 
So you go ahead and work with what you got from right there first, and what you stack on top of that is the next move you make. All the problems that take care of themselves as long as you moving forward with what you have. Now, everybody can, again, can start naming the problems we have. Well, we can't get the grant for this way because we don't have it that way. That's something that take care of itself because that might not even be the way we get the money. We can have an NFL player say we doing it when we can't focus on the we can't we can't we can't we can't let the means take over the ends. Our, our end is the first do what ain't nobody did or what we ain't did. Everybody in here representing a certain amount of people. Everybody on the phone representing a certain amount of people. As long as you getting together, okay, that's the first thing we get. We get us. What's the next thing? Something that we can agree on. Let's create a calendar for what you said. So we can go to each other's events. I mean, these are things that, like, real quick, everybody send in what you got going on. Look, look what, what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, all the problems and issues that you can have are old problems, Chantel, old problems and issues. All we got to do is stay in order. Everybody take note of what's the next move and the next move. And, and whatever move that we make, any problem or issue would take care of itself just by us still doing other things. So we that's right, communication like we do on the phone. Say you got an event next week. When we show up with just ourselves or somebody else, a center representative, that makes whatever happened that much bigger. Like, for instance, um, our next event we have to end the end of the year is we got a holiday event that we do every year. This is the fourth year we're going to do it. We don't need anybody to bring any of that. We got thousands of dollars worth of brand new, I was telling April, um, or Orlando, no. We done had it in three different cities. We having another one this year. Have a flyer with all the different businesses on it. Even if you ain't bringing nothing, come out, show up, participate, send somebody, whatever you're doing. And, and why are you doing that? All these other things take care of itself. This time next year, we're in the same place, maybe not the same room yet, but we keep moving forward to that because the reason things don't happen is because the obvious problems. When a team set out to win a Super Bowl, when they go to camp, they might not even have a quarterback yet. They might not have a defensive line. They might have an offensive coordinator. All those things are known. We all know what the issues are. What we got to focus on along with the issues is what are we doing in the meantime that we're taking care of issues? Because if you got an issue at home, you still got to go to work and pay your rent. You still got to be moving, getting up, doing what you do to bring in the productivity to allow you as an organization, as a team, as a family to move forward. And along those lines, what I had to say. I think on, on top of that, too, is the fact that if we know somebody's got something going on, I know for me, first thing, and, and, you know, Cameo, you know, first thing I say is, hey, what do you need? What can I help you with? You know, don't not be willing to extend yourself to somebody else, even if y'all doing similar the same thing. It's not going to matter. Because, again, a skill set is a skill set. And if our common goal is to help the community, you can't be afraid to help those that's in your organization either. And um, that, that all ties into like the community calendar. One of the talk, the calls. Excellent idea. I think um, so. We definitely need to implement that. Um, it's already implemented. I take everybody's slides that I see and I put them all together. So as I go out, I shed it, I spread it on there. You can just get it a little bit more uniform with it. It'll make life a lot easier. But the community calendar is already being developed. Cool. So, um, yeah, and then, like, 
see, I was just having a conversation on the way here about, um, uh, let's say, prior to a certain period of time in, in history, there was a community that had um, the, the dollar circulated in that community about 26 times. And what gives the money power, what we call money, the currency power, is how much of it is in circulation at one point in time. So as we circulate the funds amongst ourselves, that just makes the unit more powerful because if I feed Lisa, then when I'm hungry, Lisa can feed me. If I feed uh, Orlando, then when, then I, you know, it can circulate. Everybody eats, and know, it's the same dollar. Um, so we had to share each other's opportunities so that everybody can, can grow. Now, that ties into what I was bringing up earlier about the separation between do you actually want to be on the grant or do you want to be a supporting business with people that are here now and future entities that come involved with this because like, I'm here – with the sole purpose of supporting. I don't I don't have interest in really becoming a part of the grant because I don't want to be a nonprofit, you know? Now, what I do though, I can support the whole conglomerate, but how do we work that out? You know what I'm saying? That's where it is. So it's not about we have to see back on what Lisa said, we have to not be afraid to share what everybody got going on, but also don't be afraid to spend to spend the funds because if you need the flyers, if you need the posters, or if you need the radio show announcements, those type of companies might not always want to say, oh, let me run out and jump to get nonprofit just so I can be a part of it. But they do want to help. So we got to figure out how to get them involved, that group of people and entities, the persons, corporations. So now, even with the corporations, if we take in the idea of saying we support each and every one, so maybe those organizations that say, yeah, we're going to give you this, whatever, we make it a point to say, hey, we're going to pick a date, we're going to definitely support this right here because they are donating us, um, they're donating whatever or however they do. But we have to give back the support, whether or not it's a business that, you know, getting their raises up, supporting them, having, um, having um, startup business parties or just, okay, yeah, yeah. Enlighten them with that one of just pushing that support around so that way we can get those businesses more inclined to join up because, hey, we got a group of people that's going to come support you yes. and what you got going on. Like it's going to end up being a domino effect. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, yeah, you know, it's going on what? Bill supporting me, Orlando supporting me, she supporting me, Chantel supporting me. You know, y'all support, like you said, it will go on my flyer, go on my banner, go on my, go on my website. So now when people look on my website, they see, oh, okay, you know, of course, some dogs did this, but dang, look at her supporters. Well, let me see what he got going on. Let me see what she got going on. So it's going to be a domino effect. But the thing yeah. about it is, got to be willing to be able to, like you said, support, regardless of whether Orlando gave me a dime or not. You know, his movement, because he supported me, or we are in this conglomerate thing to where right here, I know he's part of this team that I'm working with. This is my supporter. Regardless yeah. of whether he called me on the phone and say, "Sis, you got this going on." Hey, you know what? Good. Look, you know what? I, I take that out. That supports to me. So therefore, yeah. his organization supports me. I'm I'm for that. So either yeah. way, go with the domino effect. Yeah, like 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 McGill, I think was saying on the phone. Uh, for us at Action NC and Safe, that's the bigger thing we need than the funding. Uh, the funding usually takes care of itself. It comes and goes. But what we need is to keep building community support, you know, especially because a lot of ours is policy-related. You know, it goes in cycles, and when it's time and 
and March gets here and it's time to go back to the General Assembly, we need people that are willing to come to the General Assembly. You know, we need people over the next few weeks that are going to help us with our city council agenda so that we can make sure the new people to get elected. So I'm bigger, like I think McGill was saying, it isn't being trapped into the grant or any of that. It's trying to find people like-minded that's willing to work together uh, and help each other. You know, that was one of the reasons we got our new office space. You know, you mentioned uh, People's Power Assembly with Bria knows. We paid the extra money to get a bigger office space so that we have a community room for groups to use because we knew that was an issue, that folks didn't have a place to meet. So we got a bigger office so that we could help PPA and smaller organizations have a place to meet. So, you know, I'm just babbling, but, yeah, it's the finding people willing to help and also promote black issues that we can help promote that's much bigger to us than the than the money. And, and, and I'm sorry. I, I share him wholeheartedly, but I just want to say that this, because I, I keep hearing him say black, 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 black. It's, 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 our issue is not just black. I'll Showing them that yes, we can do it. And 
the only thing is we'll have more black people that come together and say, yeah, I can, do with this. I can join up with this one because they have something to join up with. And then on top of it, knowing, hey, the community as a whole is still hurting because even though black people are hurting, there's still black people that's hurting too as well. Still black people individuals that's hurting as well. Everybody, immigration, all, all of it, everybody is hurting because everybody is affected by the government policies that are being put in place. So at the end of the day, that's one another issue that um, as far as shared goals and advocacy thing is uh, the government legislation side is what is dividing us. It's not us that's dividing us. It's what was done to us that is dividing us. So that's just my little rant about when it comes down to um, focusing on the black people. Is that Robert Yeah, Robert Johnson Is the old diversity component in there? We're talking about diversity. It has to be diversity. Well, we've got funds in there with black, white. Go get the money. Go get the money. 
and bring it back home. You know what I'm saying? But we. To me, that sounds like that's what the name of this organization should be. It's ours. Was it a name? We need to be able to go and get the money wherever it is because location is key, and that empowerment zone probably isn't the ideal location for that business that's going to be multi-million dollar successful for startup. But if we put it on a different location, it very well could be. So what we need to be able to do is set this up so that we can – that's why it's community and not zone, I think, or, or people title related. We need to just set up so we can do what we need to do where we want to do it at, as close to that as possible. I know that may not – it's a utopia, but as close to that as possible. And that piggybacks off the small business incentives for support. If they start the business, we come out and support them. It, it, nobody knows how much – power it means if, if if Rodney shares your business on his Facebook page. Because everybody that looks up to him is going to look up to who he says, go do business with this person, you know? So for him doing that, because of his respect that he got in the community, that small business can now get that much more clientele, do that much more work in the community because of his mention on a social media site. You see what I'm saying? But we don't often think about it. That's why we got to share what each other's doing. Now, that ties into... And I'll be I'll wrap it up. Thank you for your time. But that ties into the um, the calendar because the benefit of being able to have that monthly calendar predetermined is now I can share one post on my Facebook page a couple different times because we got we got Hootsuite, we got people trying to organize their marketing campaigns on Facebook and they want to support everybody. But I got a thousand people doing a thousand different things that just throws my marketing campaign off. They all get posted when they post them on their Facebook page. Now we got a calendar for the month. Now we can all say, okay, I'm gonna put the calendar up. This week, I'll put the calendar up next week, once a week or so, however it works for them, and then everybody can see everything that's going on for the whole month through the collaboration. And I love the, what Rob brought up about psychology. Um, yeah, because we don't, you know, we all have different views and ideas, and we don't want to, we want to look at the similarities and stuff. And Roddy mentioned that too, and, and I'll close there, peace. Well, I'll add in on that. Um, when you start talking about, you got people with a lot of different religions, and within the religions, they have a lot of philosophies within it and what level they on it. And so it's already within a group, you already have a certain amount of dissension, a certain amount of pushback and adversary. And it's the same way with ideologies. People have similar ideology. They have different ideologies. However, when you're on a team, those things right there never destroy the team when everybody understands that from the beginning. I'm not in here to push an ideology or religion. I'm in here for one reason, to find out what common denominators that we can work on together. What you think, if, you, if we're an army and we got to go over there and shoot them people in that building, I don't care what y'all think as long as y'all ain't aiming at me and you aiming at them. <laughs> All that what you're thinking, stuff, that's the religion and the ideology. The focus is that's where we're going, that's what we got to take care of. What you're thinking, keep, that's, that's yours. Ain't nobody trying to change that, convince you, proselytize or nothing. Stay, stay in whatever you want to be in, whether it's God, atheist, or whatever, because our job for the community is to come together because that's what has to happen to make the actual change. If the statistics is not changing, all those success stories mean nothing. I'm going to tell you what Dr. Claude laid out, Dr. Claude Anderson. He laid out a statistic, um, and this is one of them, where he said, okay, when you go back to the 60s and 50s, in the black community, you had X amount percentage 
of political leaders. You had X amount of percentage of college graduates. You had X amount of percentage of millionaires. You had X amount of percentage of, um, like I said, college, different things. Flip it 50 years later to now, we have thousands of times more percentage of millionaires, even billionaires, of college graduates, political leaders. That means nothing to the statistics because they are individual stories. Leaders in no era have came together. In Charlotte right now, you got leaders all over the city, like in here. But at what time did they ever come together? That's what we got to focus on. As long as we come together and communicate and not having five, six, 20 different conversations, keep what we're doing out in the forefront. What is our next? Like after this, everybody should already know when you're doing something, what's the next move after this? That's chess for real, not checkers. Meaning we already know when we came in here that we didn't come in here for a one-day event to just see each other and move on. No, we came in here to continue a process. April put this down in a structure. All of us in some type of way was already doing these things. This is nothing new to none of us. However, April put it into a structure. And when you're the person to stand out front and put things in a, in a structure and look to facilitate that thing, that means you've got to deal with everybody on the team's single, individual way, the good, the bad, and all that. So the reason I, I um, sit back into I see is something that needs to be said is so I can just amplify what the whole point of this is, that we have a structure, and if we just eat the apple one bite at a time while we're planning, it's, uh, it can only be successful. Who's ever did this? Now, we, Cameo was just at our meeting the 28th, and um, maybe Tamilia, too. Yeah, Tamilia, you was at the foundation. It was, it was 41 different groups in there, people, government leaders, this and that. All these people are still here. All the people in your circle, they haven't went nowhere as we do this. So whatever we take back to them, you say, yo, this is what we're doing. This is where we're at right now. And the domino effect comes straight in as soon as people see that visual because that's what every leader wants. If they're not an egotistical leader, they want to get with other leaders because they know this army that we're fighting against. Look here, we was at the meeting with April the other night, and you're talking about the prison system, the economic system, the Federal Reserve. For us to move together, once we get a, a, a solid number, we don't need any grants. If we got 100 of us that's putting $20 in a week or whatever this and that, we can make any moves we want. We can have huge events. That's $2,000 every week with just 100 of us. We got way more than that now. So, go ahead. I was done anyway. The reason why is because on the talk show, they got about nine minutes left before that actually ends. I only did it, and we might have been doing it for two hours. So what I wanted to actually focus on um, is, one, the next meeting, and two, like I said, I'm trying to be as transparent as possible with everything that I do. I don't have nothing to hide from you. Um, as far as what I was saying with the the PayPal, this is the PayPal. That's what's in there. Um, it has been collected minus $40 that I have collected in cash to help me get the uh, refreshment. But that's what's in there. Um, the only thing I'm going to do is try to figure out how I can continually accept it. But again, I'm just going to leave that in there. So this is the pool of funding. I'm not touching any of this. The card that I'm putting in is a prepaid card that I don't use. But, again, I didn't want it to be attached to my personal bank account, so I don't have no issues. And this will be something that, as we move forward, we have access to it so people can feel comfortable with knowing this is what's going on. But as far as this goes, I'm not touching this without everybody knowing what's going on. It's sitting there because we didn't 
get everything for it by the plant writers. That's what it's just like everybody knows. Um, and it's also for yeah, for the for the group of what we're actually building upon. This is an email. I have no problem with giving everybody access to this email because this is for the community. Everybody needs to understand what's going on and it's there. Anything that's it, uh, we talked discuss about when I send it out, I'm going to start sending it out from this email so that way you know it's about what we're developing. And again, everybody can have access to it. I have nothing to hide. We can go from there and we can see what's actually being discussed about. Um, community success collaboration. That's just, just you know what it is. So that way we have a focus point that everybody can go into. And so, April, you're going to be checking that in the next couple of days? Because I know people, they said they had ideas that they wanted people to help with. So we can start sending okay. stuff there into the calendar as well. Yeah, that, the community, it comes straight to my phone. So I see everybody, everybody's everything. But I know what has been happening if we have one focus group, of um, at least an email that people can go in and out of. There's nothing personal um, that I'm requesting, so nothing personal should go into this email. But as we work and we develop, just solid front, we all move in, everybody feels comfortable. That's the only thing I'm trying to do. Um, but any information, questions, when they send in those checklists as we collect the information on there, they can just send it to that email so that way I can put it on the drive and keep it all together so that way as we move forward and we um, agree upon which grant writer we can use, centralized location, and all that information over there too, that's how we get the, the process going. And then lastly, before the call jumps off of them, the next thing moving forward will be we have to agree on um, the next meeting date. Um, again, if everybody feels comfortable, if y'all want to meet, or did y'all want to do everything online? I'm going to let, we can figure that out. But we do need to at least agree upon the next meeting date so that way we can have a follow-up. We can bring in more information. I got time to actually bring more people, grant writers that we know people in, that at least they can hear what we have going on and see what they will be willing to do and vice versa. So would we say, what is it, it's holiday time. I know y'all want to see each other during the holidays, so is it something that we should wait until January to say we're going to come back to do or what? Because it is holiday time. Well, I would say this. You're going to have a calendar out. Do you have an estimate when you're going to have a calendar out? Because I know you would need everybody to send in what they're doing already. Yeah, like, how are we going to communicate with each other? Because, like, I'm trying to do something, too, like to help single moms or single dads or whatever for Thanksgiving and then for Christmas time as well. Okay. That's a great question. I just put that down. And as an objective um, developer community counter, I, I see it as each page could have uh, business profiles on it instead of like pictures, and then we can have a page. One thing, if we're talking about community calendar, it's a page that I created, Community Success Collaboration, has nothing on it. We could use that as that community calendar because we can push that page and everybody can just don't Is it a Facebook page or something? It's a Facebook page. Okay, yeah. And it so just has Community Success Collaboration on it. I yeah. cannot put anything on there, but we can add, and everybody can put their flyer and whatever they got going on, right down there. You got to remember one thing about that. It's good for me. See, myself, I'm not a person who's really going to be putting my own flyer before I share somebody else's because I understand that the goal that we're doing is looking to show the people who see it we're working together. So if you put your flyer on there, just you, it's just you. You got to put it into a form where it shows that we're all working together on it. Yeah. So just putting a, it's a lots of group where they just, 
this is what we're doing, this is what we're doing. That's not what we're doing. We're showing how we're working together. So when you create, so when, like you said earlier, you send everybody, give everybody a week, send in all sending all your flyers, whatever, we can create something where it shows how we incorporate in this. That means all my people, your people, your people, this and that, see that they're involved in it, which makes your thing bigger, which makes your own thing bigger. So, so should we everybody. come up with a group name? I keep saying group. We already have. We already yeah, have you still have your thing on there. You still, look, yeah, no, you still I'm trying to call, but I was just saying, that's what we're going to be called. But the, I just put community success because that's what we need, community success. And everybody needs to be involved in the community. So, but right now, we can just leave with community success. And the idea is we can actually get the people actually to name what we're doing. They can get actually involved. But like I said, just for name sake now, we can do community success. And I guess it's safe to say maybe give a, a deadline of maybe two to three weeks to have information sent in by. Would that be safe? Well, Thanksgiving is coming yeah. right up. It's going to take that long as you're doing something. Too far. So, I mean, it shouldn't take no more than a day or two to send in what you're doing. So it's yeah. still possible. You already do it. I agree with my Yeah, it's already been. If you're going to make us some, make us some next year. Because you haven't made us some already. Because Blue and Alicia would be the homeless Sunday. Tomorrow, tomorrow. So, so, here's what um, we do. We we scrap November. November's off the off the counter. Get everybody turn in paperwork. Let's just start with that one. To turn in paperwork, yeah. the deadline day within a week for everybody to turn in something because we need to have that right. Is that agreeable? No, because if she's doing I'm something Thanksgiving, look, she's doing. I know it's like, but. With that one is where the worksheets are actually coming in at. So if somebody can fill out the information that's on here, what he um, developed as far as collecting the information, this will help formulate some people's situations, you know, what they got going on, and at least give us something that we can actually have to hold your place in whatever we have going on. People think differently. People think differently. Look, let me say this. Let me say this. Let me say this. Look, this right, this right, this right here is all part of this, and this is still going on. What I'm saying right now is, you know, when the United States was formed, they had a big argument about how many presidents they was going to have. Some people wanted a whole bunch of presidents, but they eventually decided to have one. Why did they decide to have one president? So if somebody tried to come to war, then you didn't have to go get 50 people together. What we're saying right now is, Somebody inside the country, somebody inside the group is doing something next week or the week after that. It doesn't take but one person to say, okay, this is what we're doing. Everybody already agreed that we're going to do this. Like, for instance, you got something doing for Thanksgiving. You say, okay, look, you send what you're doing for Thanksgiving in. It's already in the group now, and then we all collaborate and show how we market it together once we get it out there. Um, yeah, so what I'll do is before the phone hangs up, what we actually agree upon. Send in logos, first of all. Logos. Yeah. Okay, then send yeah. And email, I will come out with all the updates we'll we discussed, and I'll let everybody know what's happening. I got everybody's number. I think I'll call you if need be, and then we'll go from there. Send in them logos. Yeah. Send in that immediately. Immediately. Orlando, somebody. Yeah, he hear you. Orlando, stop through, uh, like, I don't know if you can come through today or tomorrow, but stop through soon and we can work on some stuff, too, to to uh, help. Maybe we can find somebody to help do some of this quicker with some of our volunteers. But if you get a chance, stop through. 
and everybody. So right now we're saying send anything that you have just to the community success email that you sent us stuff from. And in the next right. couple of days, we'll put it together into a uh, calendar. But, and if, Orlando, if you stop through where we can talk, I probably can find a volunteer to do the calendar for us uh, today or tomorrow. Because i got another meeting, and i got some people that may jump in and do that for us. And then, cause the other thing you're going to need, April, is somebody to maintain it. So I might be able to find us a volunteer that will that loves this kind of stuff and will maintain it. That's the one thing with the calendars, keeping it maintained. And like mm-hmm. uh, McGill was just saying, with one person being like a prayer, we're definitely going to need one point person to help you, April, with stuff like this, like keeping a calendar up and stuff. Yeah, that's several people missing that are part of this. Yeah, it's still more. That's why if we, I'm trying to figure out if we actually have another meeting date, how far out. You get the conversations on the phone. You can you can dictate that as go along as long yeah. as we know that there is another meeting coming. Uh-huh. Yep. You know, and, and it's not it's not going to be this month or next month. We can start the meeting part next year because we're going to be busy going to each other's events. We're going to be having phone conversations. It's yeah. already moving. And we got the conference call. I mean, that's the, yep. we already got the communication. We'll see each other again after the year, but. Finish off the year just supporting each other, getting this calendar out here, having these phone conversations, and everything is just like a meeting every time you had a phone conversation. Yep. All
weekly, and then if everybody is agreeable with that one, then we can keep it. If not, depending on the participation, we'll just cater it to it. But I would like to at least have a schedule so that way people can, can plan their schedules around it. That's what I'm trying to do. Monday at 7. Monday at 7? This is actually the slowest day for party life. Uh-huh. They got $2 Tuesday. No, but it's actually the slowest. Which is why they have $2 Tuesdays, because they try to get people in the door because nobody will come out on a Tuesday. Y'all heard the music everyday person when y'all come up in here. That's what I am. Everyday person. Okay. All right. So y'all saying Tuesday at 7? Monday. Monday or Tuesday at 7 p.m. Now, the trick to it is, the way I see it, 
is that to make each category become its own component, which can be detached and then altered prefab, and to make it as galvanized as possible, we will go to economic prosperity. And under that, we have the other talking points listed. So what I want you guys to do is to think for this page, economic prosperity. But then how do you tie in resource management in your own mind and opinion to economic prosperity? How do you now include efficient land use, land use under economic prosperity? All in your own mind. So what happens is everybody's going to have their own ideas. Now, you write that down under detail related to the above topic. So you put, um, if economic prosperity was defined as, we go back to that real quick here, expand businesses include long-term sustainability. So let's say impact on resources of the area. So now we can go into transportation and say, oh, well, if we have a new uh, electric monorail, then we won't use the diesel trains we had in the past. You know what I mean? That's going to fall under economic prosperity. So you want to tie all these in together with what's on the page, and each page covers each one and gives you an opportunity to connect all the other ones. So then we have a really robust um, section for each category. So resource management is going to be tied in with all the other ones. So what that allows us to do is when we pull out just the resource management grant, which will tie into us building our fiduciary credibility, because we need to smart, start with the smaller monies first, right? So what will happen is, we can go to our resource management section. It's really robust because it's tied in all the other talking points. Now that can be funded from somebody that's working on education because we also wrote in how we're going to tie in education. They might like that section under resource management, even though it's not the title. So it opens us up to receive funding for any section from everywhere. Then when we form Voltron, which it has a large whole grant, it's just a really robust piece that's very well designed. But we need all of your guys' input because the more information, the better, like Johnny Five on short circuit. Yes? So are you going to um, email this PowerPoint out to us? It has been emailed. <laughs> if you uh, provide the email today, we'll make sure you do it. Okay. 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 Let me just say this. It was nice meeting everybody. I have a prior engagement. I'm looking forward to everything. Um, so we'll talk. You guys yeah. gave April her overview. I mean, you know, email and yeah, you brought it on the 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 Facebook. Yes, I used to like it. Oh, you got you got your email. Yes, thank you. Uh, yeah, make sure you got we got your date or whatever it is you need to make sure. Basically, in a nutshell, what he's saying is that when. When you start writing, when people start writing grants, the grant writer can look for keywords and so key things to be able to pull from. So if you're looking for education, then education will fall under whatever it's called under. It'll be recurring and tying into So it's just taking that big word and then just looking, these are the keywords to formulate that big word. So there you go. Okay. 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 When you when you on a Google search, you want to when you want to be searched, you will go and get a keyword and boom, everything will fall in that keyword. There you go. I, I call it simple stupid, huh? We <laughs> good. All right. So um.
basically, like I said, I mean, we've scheduled some forward, but, I mean, do we feel like we're pretty much wrapped up at a good place or we got enough information and the next task what we need to do? Yeah. So what is your, so my thing is for those that are nonprofit ready, that, that's really to do this, when you need to give a date as to, or time frame as to when you want this back by the next meeting, you need this back in 30 days, what do you want? I would suggest that at least within the week. Because that'll buy me time. That's not going to happen. Well, no, not for you. I mean, well, no, no, no. Well, you said that they. She wants so to uh, Because the, whoever is ready and whoever is ready. information, nonprofit programs that she wants to, the grant writer. This is the stuff the grant writer is requesting. I would give 30 days to get this in to you. Well, I will get to the end of the year because the simple fact they're not going to write it until about February anyway. So. Well, the thing about it, I mean, they could write it till February, but, you know, if, depending on the phone, I mean, depending on the holiday and the things that's going on. That's what I'm saying. Everybody's so. And because nonprofits are actually writing their stuff up to get taxes back from people next year too. Exactly. So paperwork right now these next two months for nonprofits, it's like. So how about I just open this up with the deadline and pull saying like in January? So like as people get ready or mix up in, they can submit it as they get ready. Yeah. And then I just say, yeah. um, I just about the next meeting at least. Because we are already agreed that sometime in January will be our next meeting, right? Because we got to get past the holiday. Right. Okay. So then if we sit up to, say, give them people enough time. We'll just pick a specific day. I got to. I got to plan accordingly. I got to. The only reason I'm saying that is because we can get a venue set within a week or two. Look, for instance. Uh Uh-uh. Look, cameo. Next meeting. Cameo. Next meeting is in January anyway. Oh, yeah. Oh. So we say by the next but meeting, everybody should bring their information and I shouldn't be worried about anybody submitting it, except yeah. for people that's out of town or... Who want to. I mean, who has it ready, but by that time, there'll be a deadline. And guess what? If you don't pick a specific day right now, we can call and get a venue for that, for whatever day we want to have it within a week, because by having a month and a half, we got several venues that we can lock down for free and have catered. Just by making calls this week. I mean, if you want to, I can take care of that. You know what I'm saying? Don't set a date. Set a date that the venue's open. The people with a venue, they're going to give you a venue. If they're going to give you a venue and the caterer is going to cater, you let them tell you. Exactly. I'm with you on that. But we, what I'm saying is we set up for 1230 for the turn-in, knowing that in reality we want for the date of the venue they can bring in the stragglers. You know, but we can get the bulk of it up front based on the deadline, like you said, at the end of the year. I see what you're saying. Okay, I see what you're saying. All right, but we are so pretty much months, you're going to have a deadline date, and then y'all going to have an expiration date. <laughs> what happened? Look, <laughs> well, you just what? I mean, you have it. We need it. We meet in January. I mean, that's what the meeting means to me. Like, yeah. you have a deadline date, and you get everything in, and then you on that deadline, you say, you know what, I'm feeling good about that expiration date. Okay. And I hate the word. I hate the word deadline anyway. Because one thing for sure, we already know that we we've, we've already been successful by doing what we said we was going to do by having the phone conversations, having the meeting. We got literature out here. So by the time we get to that meeting in January, what day it is, we're going to be way far progressed into what we're doing. Okay, meeting in January. 
the, uh, the day and time will be based on the venue that we actually use. So we'll actually keep that going. I'll just update um, people with the email. And then the tentative, make sure you have everything together. I mean, we'll do it the first week of January. As far as, matter of fact, I'll say January 6th will be that expiration date to turn that stuff in. <laughs> So it's a January 6th, February definitely. And then for any stragglers that we know that just, you know, got a lot going on, it has to be turned in at the next meeting that we'll have in January for the day tentatively set once we get the venue. So the, the meeting will be sometime after January the 6th? Yes, yeah, definitely. Okay. Cameo, you need to be more vocal. You be holding in too much stuff, had knowledge. See what I'm saying? It's your venue anyway. You ain't telling nobody. You need to get it on out you. We're going to wait till this meeting over. What's that for me? Well, no, Rob said, are they coming from? No. They've been cut off. Okay, okay. Um, as far as with the community calendar, everybody likes the idea of that Facebook page, or we're going to try to wait. Because Robert said he had somebody that was in. Both. You don't have to do one or the other. If you're going to do it, do it too. We do the Facebook page too. The more media, the better. Okay, okay. So is there anything else that we need to touch upon? Anything else that I left out? Anything that shares concerns, you know, privileges? I got I got a topic that I put on the um on my Facebook page about uh the homeschooling opportunity. Um I would just like the same way we got started with the virtual performance, I kinda would like to see everybody just come in and let's talk this out and see where we can go with that if you um I tagged you I tagged almost everybody that I knew on here, um, in it. So we can talk, you know, just drop some points on there over the weekend. That'd be cool. Well, you said the right thing in the post. We got it's about finding somebody who's actually homeschooled because that person has went through it. They know the laws. They know that. We can read all we want, but once you get that person who's actually in it, done it, this and that, Cheryl, that's Cheryl, the person. Cheryl, yeah, Cheryl, 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 I'm home down, but she home, she I'm homeschooled. I'm home down. You see, I'm back. So yeah, Cheryl, person. So the key, the key to what we want. I mean, of course, it's good to have the people that. I just have experience, but we're looking for the ones that know how to get them, that have experience in them advance, them getting, being done in advance of schedule. So, like, graduating high school, 14, 15, 16. That's I what I'm looking for. I push for Sherilyn because she said she, she, she was, was administrative as well. Right. She had I was just adding some clarity to it. Oh, yeah, no, 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 no. I already had a person that I was going to reach out to with that. Yeah, right. tag in on it so we can. Yeah, she probably already seen it. I mean, she's a I think I don't think we need to think about this too. I know we talked a lot about grants and grants cool and having a five hundred one C three myself. I know grants is beautiful, but what we got to remember is when we market what we doing, it's no telling where the funding to come from. Exactly. I mean, we in Charlotte, North Carolina. We're not in Mayberry. When we got to put it into something, and by having those flyers and that calendar where it's showing how we collaborate, don't you know the domino effect of the people that want to get in? Not those flyers they had over the summer with 50 people on there and one person doing it, talking about ain't nobody else doing nothing. I'm talking about some real support. It doesn't have to be anything tangible. I can call somebody, hey, go over there. Like, we got some shirts made for CUC 100. Put them on. <laughs> Go there, show that we open to everybody, everybody, every group. 
this is open to everybody. If you want to, if you want to have a, if you want to have a, um, a, um, a um, event in two weeks and you got 50 people that don't mind having somebody come or show up or just do something. And then you together that appearance alone, that perspective, that that's marketing right there. Now you can send something down to the city all on this flyer, this and that. We want you here and you here. When you see all, you can't avoid people when you get everybody with you. That's what they want to see. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what they want to see. I, I, wanted, I have a vision for the calendar. So. That's your feel. That's, 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 that's real. I, I, I like it. Other people. And that way, the person that he has, y'all can collectively work together so that way there's no one person doing all the work. And that way you can actually, you know, bounce ideas off each other and see what else, you know, spawns from it. And educate one another. And you also have more help. And help. Here's what I I like to do. I'm the the ghost. I like to be behind. So if I start it and get a blueprint, then everybody can help me. You know, it just make it happen, you know. Well, you haven't met Ron, but Ron has his own radio show. Uh Uh-huh. That's yeah, all I'm oh, hey, Ron. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, hear, I hear a point saying, Ron, but I don't know if you point to me talking to me. Oh, your finger crooked because you were doing this. <laughs> but if you look right there, I mean, he, I don't know, did you hear what he said? Oh, yeah, I was listening to you early on there. Okay, man. What he's coming in and wanting to do as well, but. That's marketing right there for, of course, his organization and our organization collaboratively in order to support each other. And I own my, and I own my own show, so my advertising costs nothing. So if I have people who are working with me on the project that I'm doing and helping me raise money for what I'm trying to work towards, I have no problem with giving advertising to anybody for free. Well, let's look at this then. As a group, just like your aunt was talking about, you move in groups. Action North we go to the radio station with him in a group of 10, 12. We are like a panel. We got everybody there. So that means all of our people who we are putting this out there to who know us, this is bringing viewers into him. And one person, me, comes and we do. And I yeah, do. That's what it is. And I do three out of every four shows. I do a two-hour show on Saturday, and three out of every four shows during the month are done on location. So we're not even doing it in the studio. We're doing, and that's we're even, doing, we're doing, it, out, exactly. we're doing it out where people are seeing the people. And he's got bringing that to you, to you, to you, to I mean, I have all the control. So, I mean, if everybody wants to come, they can all come. So when we go to the next meeting, we can turn that meeting into also part of the radio program. Mm-hmm. You can have that on there. That's, right. That's where I just came from. We just did our show, and I just came here. Yeah. 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 Yes, President, let's let President Poole speak. Y'all don't recognize that he will be President of the United States one day. <laughs> well, go ahead, President Poole. Uh, I would like to know, uh, in the meantime, do you have a little Patreon for extra funding? One more time. Do you have a Patreon for extra funding? A Patreon. Oh. Patreon. What's that? Uh, it's like uh, just uh, basically, this is like a website. Okay. For like uh, Starbucks and stuff like that. Hey, you call us and people donate. No, I ain't gonna do that. You know how to do it? I don't know nothing about that. I don't know. I'm talking about it. We're talking about grants. This could be
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.